Thank you. I'd love to be able to say that I planned this week to, to speak on Acts 1, 9 through 11. When we, when we put this together, that I didn't even look at the date. So, wow. Uh, 9-11. We all, we all remember that. And we know about it. And we know that uh, what, what happened on that awful day. And uh, this week, as we saw things on television, as we saw and heard accounts of it, uh, you know, I kept, you know, everything was talked about of what people saw. We saw the plane hit. We saw the building collapse. We saw, it goes on and on. Well, here we see today in Scripture, they saw, they viewed they watched Jesus ascending to heaven. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at those, those three, uh, 9, 10, and 11. Three verses. Three verses that, that there's a lot of information and a lot that we can take from it and look at what God wants us to hear through this part of Scripture uh, eyewitness viewing of it, but also the prophecy that is fulfilled on three different levels. And so today we're going to look at the three, three different things that we are going to see. You know, I tried to think of something kind of cute and neat, or and I tried to find another, another, uh, another, uh, another song to play, but I just couldn't find the right one. But we're going to take a look at the action first. The action in, verse, in, in, in chapter nine or chapter one, verse nine. And after he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Jesus was taken right in front of their eyes. Think about that. Think about that. They have spent. A lot of time with this man. They saw him nailed to a cross. They saw him die. They saw. Now they're standing with him, and he's telling them, I gotta go. And he was gone. He went into the clouds. He went into the sky. Think about that. You're with somebody that you hung out with for a very long time. Three years, right? Walked, talked, hung out. He even washed your feet. You saw him die. And he said, guess what? I got to go now. <laughs> what are you talking about? You just came back. You were dead, then you rose up again. We know, we know for sure you're God. See ya. And he takes off. And they're watching it. Think about it. What would you do? What would be your reaction? 
how could you react? You just witnessed something you can't even explain. You just witnessed something. An action has taken place that you cannot explain. When Jesus ascended into heaven, his physical presence left the disciples. Jesus is sitting now at the right hand, signifying the completion of his work, his authority as God, and his coronation as king. The things that have been talked about from the beginning have been completed. If you have your Bibles, turn turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verses 19 through 20. It's the last two verses in Mark. And they say this. So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, He was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere while the, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. Here we see Mark's gospel emphasizes Jesus Christ's power as well as his servanthood. Jesus' life teached or life and teaching turned around the world, turned it upside down, and continues to do so to this very day. The word, the world sees power in a way to gain control over others. But here we see Jesus with all authority, all power in heaven and on earth, chose to do what? Chose to serve. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, the mighty counselor, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the good shepherd. How many other names do we have for him? We have a lot. The way, the truth, the life, right? He had everything. He was God. He is God. He could do anything, anytime, anywhere, at any, and, and, and not have a problem. But what did he do? He came to serve. He put his own power. He didn't say, I'm done being God. He said, I'm going to show you the greatest action ever. I'm going to come and be the same as you in your frail bodies that get tempted continually. I'm going to show you an action. I'm going to take you by the hand. I'm going to show you what to do, how to do it. And then I'm going to do the, the biggest, hardest most important thing in history, and I'm going to give my life for you. And guess what? They saw it. They saw it. They witnessed it. 
They saw the action. They felt the reaction. They also went through and followed completely. Jesus' followers today will have that same power because Jesus, with all the authority and all the power in heaven and on earth, like I said before, He held children in His arms. He healed the sick. He washed the disciples' feet and He died on the sin, died on the cross for our sins, the sins of the world. Guess what, church? Jesus' followers today receive that same exact power to serve. You know, we're back in this, the beginning of Acts where, where how do we do church? How do we, how, how, how did they do church? The original church. Guess what? They served each other. There was no, there was no other behind the scenes things going on. There was no political deals going on. There was like, if I do this over here, I'll get this over there, and I'll be the leader. No. To the point where they sold everything. They got rid of everything they had just to take care of their family, their church family. Someone was in need, someone stood up. Someone couldn't Needed to say something, Peter stood up and said it. There was actions. There was a servant heart. We are called to be servants of Jesus Christ. As Jesus served, so we are to serve. That was the action. Second thing is the attendance. We see that in verse 10. We see in verse 10 that it's simply this. And as they were looking up and gazing into, this, into the sky, well, they, well, while he was going, I can't even imagine. Here he goes. It's kind of like, have you ever watched the space shuttle go off? Anyone been to Florida and watched the space shuttle? When the space shuttle was around? When we had our house in Tarpon Springs, Florida, we could see it. We could watch it from our backyard. It was very cool. Yes, it was. They would tell you exactly what time, and all of a sudden you saw it going, and you'd see just the, 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 the smoke, and, just, and then you'd see it when the, 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 the boosters would fall off. Oh, it was cool. It was cool. That was a machine that we sent up. We're talking Jesus. Can you imagine? It's not like, oh, cool, look at the... Oh, that's nice. The smoke's gone. Okay, next. No, it's... Wow. And guess who's standing there? Two guys. It says, two men in white clothing stood beside them. What are we talking about there? Okay, I'll tell you. It's an angel. Two of them. Two angels. And you know what? I'm going to help you out. Anyone see that, what's that Christmas movie? It's a Wonderful Life with Clarence. He's waiting to get his wings. Okay, we've all said, I watch it all the time. I could watch it in July. It's one of my favorite movies, you know? Anyways, guess what? That's not an angel. That's what we think an angel is. Little feathers, Floating around. 
No. Guess what? They're real. Just like me, just like you. We're real, flesh and blood. God made angels, and they're here. Billy Graham, I was reading a thing that Billy Graham had. Uh, some of his quotes are amazing. But he talked about how he loved to preach in churches because he knew for a fact where the people were sitting, the angels were sitting right next to him. He goes, and they were there listening. I can't see an angel. But I know they're here. If Satan is real, which I know he is, and I know Jesus is real, which I know he is, angels are real. Because, guess, where in the Bible do we see angels? Anyone? 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 Bueller? Bueller? Where do we see an angel, Dan? Yeah. Give me, a, give me one example. Correct. Angels were sent to talk to Joseph. By the way, you need to marry her. Got something kind of big coming. Went to Mary, right? Guess what's going to happen, Mary? This is what's going on. Those were angels. Okay? Messengers. They're sent as messengers sometimes. They're sent as messengers to announce things that are going to happen. They filled the sky. Remember? Remember? At the birth of Christ? Okay? Where the shepherds watch, all of a sudden, whoa! Angels were there at the temptation of Christ to minister to him. It's going to be okay. Keep strong. Over and over and over, over again, we see angels. I was telling Leslie a, a, a story that my dad told me this, this week, which kind of just flashed when we were talking. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good story. My dad had an old friend, an old pastor friend. We lived in Cottonwood, Minnesota, which is a town of about nine. Uh, it's very small. Okay, not nine. It's probably 900. Anyways, but my dad had a kind of a mentor pastor there, okay? My dad was, was brand new in a ministry. He was probably in his 20s, and so he was trying really hard. Uh, they, the, the church was so small that they had to put my dad's office in town. That's where the most of the people were, but the only place in town was the old jail, and so they put my dad's office in a jail with jail bars. It was hilarious. But, you know, and he was, and he actually made the local, I mean, I know it's only 900 people. There was a paper, and they had my dad behind bars, and it was funny. Anyways, anyways, but, you know, he was asking this guy, he goes, you know, because my dad struggled a little bit. I don't want to say he struggled with his faith, but there were some things going on that, that he just, he needed some clarification on. And he had this, this, this elderly pastor, he was in his 80s, and, he, and, and, you know, my dad's like, you know, I, I just wish that an angel would show himself to me, or somebody would just show himself. Just let me see. I, I want to make sure, I, you know. And, and this guy said, I don't know if you really want that. But let me tell you my story. He prayed and prayed and prayed, this, this old man. Prayed and prayed and prayed that God would show him, give him a sign that, the, that, that, he, that, there's, that this is real. And that he's, if he has a guardian angel, let me see him. So one night... He went to bed with his wife, and they were, they were sleeping, and uh, he, you know, he was laying there, and out of a deep sleep, he woke up. And he said, Kurt, I'm, that's my dad's name, Kurt. He goes, Kurt, all of a sudden I woke up, and there was this very large man looking at me, just like this. 
And he goes, I wasn't scared. He goes, he smiled, he stood up, and he was gone. I'm not telling you that to freak you out. What I'm telling you that is angels are real. These men were real, and they came to put an exclamation point on it. Did you see that? Because guess what's coming? The same thing's going to happen when he comes back. So we see that there was an action. We see that the, the attendants, they showed us what was going on. After those 40 days with the disciples in, 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 in Acts chapter 1 here, Jesus returned to heaven. It was, it was important for the disciples to see Jesus taken into heaven because they knew without a doubt that he was God and that his home was in heaven. These two angels, these two white-robed men were proclaiming to the disciples that one day Jesus would return the same way he'd gone, bodily and visibly. They were doing one thing. They were giving assurance. You want assurance? I want assurance. The two men were telling the apostles that Jesus would return someday just as he left. Verse 11 says this, They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. The two men were amazing the apostles that Jesus will return someday. Turn with me to Re Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the, king of the, of the kings of the earth, to him who loved, loves us and releases us from our sin by his blood, and he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. Not making it up. Revelation chapter 1, 5 through 7. Jesus, we see here, is the all-powerful king. He's, the, he's victorious in battle. He is glorious in peace. He is just not a humble earthly teacher. He is the glorious God. When we read through John's description of the vision, we need to keep in mind that his words are not just good advice. They are the truth of the King of Kings. I'm asking you, please do not just read these words for the interesting and amazing portrayal of what's going to happen. Let the truth that Jesus Christ, let the truth of Jesus Christ penetrate your life. Deepen your faith in Him and strengthen your commitment to follow Him no matter the cost. You know, today we had confirmation. And it was, I tell you, I tell you, this is to watch a full room, even though they had to take a little test today. I call it a celebration. 
They're being taught. Just like Jesus taught us. And how Jesus continually is trying to get the truth inside of us. You're here this morning. I hope not just to come and hang out a little bit, get some free lunch. And I mean, because you know what? The game started an hour ago. Should I give you the score? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I don't even know what they're playing. Anyways, here's this. You're here this morning to find the truth. You're here this morning to be closer to Jesus. You're here this morning because I know each and every one of you, there's something in your world right now that you need someone to touch you, to feel your heart. Maybe you're going through something really awful right now. Maybe you're scared of something. Maybe there's a, an issue in your world, issue with your family, issue with your finances, issue with your work, something. Maybe you're just feeling down today. But maybe you're here today because Jesus wanted you here. In fact, I know that's why you're here. To see what he does. To focus on the action that he gives. The people, the attendants that are telling us what he does. And now as we continue here, we see the assurance of what he's done. We see in Romans chapter, or not Romans, Revelation chapter 20. Very end of the, end of the, the Bible, 11 through 15 where it says about the judgment at the throne of God, that I saw a great white throne in Him who sat upon it, for those uh, present earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. And the book was opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which they were writing, were written in the word, in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them in them, and they were judged, every one of them according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Ouch. What's it talking about? What's it talking about? Hell is real. That's what it's talking about. You know what a church is for? To save. To save sinners. Church is a vehicle that God uses to bring those to Him. Not to have some kind of super cool funky, modern church to be the cool ones on the block. Because we see in that passage of Scripture, one day we will stand before the Creator and He will say, good job, my faithful servant, or I spit you out of my mouth, I never knew you. 
There's no gray. Black and white. Saved, not saved. Heaven, hell. Hell is real. It was designed for the enemy of Jesus. For those that don't believe. Guess what? People are going there. What is the thing that Acts is about? It's coming together to save the lost. Doing what it takes to reach and disciple people for Jesus. Keep them out of hell. There was an action. There were attendants. There is assurance. History is not random. It's not planned. It's not, it's, it's not random. It's as unplanned or un, unsystematic or recurrent. It moves forward at a, at a specific point. The return of Jesus to judge and to rule over the earth. And I tell you what, church, we should and we need to be ready for his sudden return. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says this. Verses 1 through 3. Now at the, at the time of the, and the epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourself know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying, peace and safety, then destruction will come over them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child. And there will be no escape. Guess what? We are to hold. We are, to, we are told here that no one knows and that even believers will be surprised when Jesus comes back. And we need to be ready. No one knows when Jesus will come back to earth. We should be prepared at all times. Suppose he were to return today. How would Jesus find you living? Are you ready to meet him now? Live each day, every minute, prepared to welcome Jesus Christ. We should be ready for His sudden return, not by standing around staring into heaven, but by working hard to share the good news so that others will be able to share in God's great blessing. So, here it is. Confirmation, kids. Here is the take-home. The message is to share. Jesus ascended to heaven like prophecy said he would. Jesus had, had many that knew and would continue to teach and preach the good news of grace, mercy, and love, which is the good news of salvation. And angels were there to see it also. But like prophecy said, this will happen. Jesus will be coming again soon, and we need to be ready to spread the gospel and message to everyone because he is coming again soon. Church, I'm going to tell you this right now. With all the stuff in our world, we, you know what's going on. You know our world. There are signs left and right. But one thing I'm going to tell you right now. Jesus loves you so much that he doesn't want to see any of you apart from him for eternity. 
When I read that, that one part in there, it says, would, where, where would you be? Would you, are you ready to meet him right now? Yeah, right now I'm in church. Come on back. But then I think of some of the places that I've gone. Boy, would he, would, what, what would it be if he came back now? I look back in my past, things that I struggle with, things that I allow in my mind. What if he came back then? I mean, you know what those things are. We all have them. It's okay. And, the, and, and guess what the devil says? It's okay. It's okay. Just a little bit won't hurt. Because he won't come back this second. You can ask for help and say, I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> Did it again. No, we have to be ready right now. That's what's being talked about in this, this passage of Scripture. He took us by the hand to show us. He had by the other people, his angels, announce and tell us exactly what's going to happen. But then he also promised something that is going to happen again. He will return. Do you have him in your heart? Praise the Lord. I'm glad I saw seeing the heads going up and down. If you don't, it's very easy to ask him there. So as you close your eyes and fold your hands and talk to the Lord, I'm just asking you to say the, these simple, simple words. Dear Jesus, I love you. I accept what you did on the cross for my sins. I want to be with you for eternity. Be in my heart. Be in my life. Let me live a life that's pleasing unto you. I want you, number one, in my heart. Be in my heart to stay. If you pray that prayer, he's in your heart. Father God, I also come before you today and I thank you for my church family. I ask you to bless them. I ask you to continue to speak to their hearts through your word. And Lord, I'm asking for you to bless our time together the rest of today. And point us to live a life that's pleasing unto you from here on out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your precious name I pray. Amen. As, they, as, they, as, the, as the, the, the singing group comes back up, please stand. And again, if you are, we did it last week, and I'd like to do it again. So grab the hand of the person on your right or to the left or on both sides of you, and let's hold hands as we sing our final song. It's unity.